This week, Beck and Soda's podcast comes to you with love. Thanks to the Hospital Research Foundation Group, fighting for cures and improved care in over 50 areas of disease and illness. Together, let's support life-changing medical research to save lives. SAFM's Beck and Soda. Good morning. Hello there, soccer mum. How are you? <laughs> I've got a puffer. A little puffer vest on. Real soccer mum areas. It's not mine. I just stole it off the back of someone's chair because it's cold in here. I've oh. just got a little tea on because it's what's going to be today. Weather guy? Don't know. Uh, 23 or something. It's your isn't job it? to know. No, it is. Time and temp. No. <laughs> when have you heard me do time and temp? I've <laughs> never said the time. Hey, weather guy. You have a, you have a phone. You don't need me oh, to do the time. Oh, wow, you Perry over there, baby. <laughs> Um, 24, is it? 22, mate. 22. Yeah. Anyway, it's cold in here, so I'll put a little puffer on and I do. I look like Looks I like a Star be. Trek outfit. Oh! Of them, <laughs> yeah, it's the, a bit big for me. It's, it's cold in here. I no, hate it when good. the AC's up too high. You look like you're on the sidelines about to cheer on a netball game or a soccer <laughs> up match. Up and in, girls. Up and in. Up and in. And you just got to barrack for... Um, your team, you can't barrack for your individual. When James goes and watch the girls, he, he just barracks for, uh, he goes, go Frankie, well done Frankie. And I'm like, you can't just barrack for your own child. <laughs> You've got to barrack for the whole team. What do you mean? You barrack for your own kid? No, well, I, I, I think you should barrack for everybody. We just got to learn the other kids' names. <laughs> Actually, he doesn't know. He doesn't names. know any of the other kids except for Frankie. Fair enough. Oh, well done, Wing Defence. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I was a netball dad on Friday night oh, yeah. out at the GT courts at Durden Court, um, and my daughter got her first goal ever, oh, which that's was the exciting. Best. Um, and anyway, I was sitting there watching, and I'm very quiet, very, very Are quietly, you? absolutely, very quiet, and um, Felix was watching Sienna play. Felix is 11, Sienna's mm. 8. And then Felix is riding his bike around the area. And then he stops and watches Sienna. And then he starts yelling out to him. He goes, oh, Sienna, get the ball. Go on. Show some confidence. Have a real go at it. And everyone, there's four courts going simultaneously. Every single person in the complex was watching Felix. And he was laughing. He's like showing off. Go on, have a go. I've seen and him do that at the tennis. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He was yelling at the Thanasi Kokonakis one day at the tennis. Oh, he <laughs> was. He's going to be a coach of yeah. some sort. He almost exactly. got the quiet plays when we were at the tennis. No, Thanasi <laughs> stopped bouncing the balls and looked at him because oh, yeah, he oh, said no. something about Thanasi Kokonakis that was very supportive but sounded questionable, <laughs> as you could imagine. Anyway, Felix is sitting there going, Sienna, go and get it. Have a go. Anyway, she looked over and she goes, the ball's in that third. I can't get there, Felix. And they were arguing in front of hundreds of parents. That's brilliant. And I've just looked there and a couple of people looked at me and I went, I don't know either of them. <laughs> you walked away. How funny is that? Oh, that's so good. Go away, Felix. Go back and play on the slide. <laughs> you don't even understand that ball. Um, <laughs> SAFM's Beck and Soda. Green light. Thanks, Jim. Um, Rebecca Morse, uh, on the way in, I found a new route. It is the because of obviously the traffic blockages that we're getting from Velo. I've had to go around the back way. Uh, I found a twelve light pathway, eight of twelve, eight green That's of twelve good. lights on the way in. That's not Three a bad light. day. I was um, seven from eleven. That's okay. That's okay. That's Green okay. Light. What about you, Bleach? Uh, yeah, no, I wasn't good. It was about 50-50. Do you know the good thing is, is when a car is stopped at the red light yep. and you're approaching, yeah. and just green. as it goes green, they... You're you, like, see oh, you later, oh, sucker. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Well, they're the ones that have done the prep. They've done the work for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And yeah. that happened to me a couple of times this yeah. morning too, but yeah. it just makes you feel better. So I've, uh, I'm eight, eight of 13. 
today. Uh, Adam from Craigmore. Uh, Adam, this is going to define your day. What was your green light ratio? Yeah, morning, guys. Uh, mine was 15 out of 24. Green light. Not bad, buddy. Where did you start your journey? Uh, Craigmore and finished in McGill. Ooh, that's a fair little trip, mate. 15 to 24. Yeah, nah, that's just mm. over 50-50. Yes. Gonna... an average day. No, Adam, you, Adam you're going to have a good no, day. It's going to be magnificent. Yes, you are. You're in the running for that magnificent holiday too. Well done. Um, it, it, look, it is definitely a metaphor for life. Mm. Oh, Matthew McConaughey's got a new book out, apparently. Called something else that's not green light. Green light. <laughs> apparently he's got another one. Oh. I heard my daughter telling, talking to me about it the other day. She loves him. She loves him almost as much as I do. All right, all right, all right. Has he got the most charisma of any bloke out of Hollywood? Yeah. Who is more charisma when than... When we did our sexiest guy thing the other way, yeah. the other day, when it was um, Patrick Dempsey. Mm. Uh, yeah. Do you know, did I, have I told you I brushed past him on a plane? Matthew McConaughey or Patrick Dempsey? No, uh, Matthew McConaughey. Really? And I, I stopped because he was... Turning the, left and you top. were turning right. No, it was a small plane, so he was up, oh, really? business was up the front, but you could still walk past business. Right. It was like an internal American flight. How many times did you walk past him? Oh, just well, just once, because but then I but it stopped. You know when it banks up, and I stopped right next to him, and I looked at his um he had his laptop out, and he was sending an email. Did you say hi? Of course I didn't, but Why I not? but I almost like I pressed a little so I could touch him. <laughs> Stalker. <laughs> Anyway, and James was ahead of me. I'm like, that was Matthew McConaughey. And then my girlfriend gave him a nickname that I can't repeat. It's very good, though. Green light. <laughs> That's a little in. Mm. Yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. we can't. I know, but know it's naughty. It it's a naughty one. Right. Well, maybe we'll put it in the podcast. No, no I, I can't even do it. that. No, okay. But just think about his surname. This is SAFM's Beck and Soda. Lifestyles of the rich and famous are to have enough money to never have to worry in any way possible. Robbie Williams is in that scenario, Beck, because of uh, all of his wonderful success. Mm. Now, I read this story the other day and it sort of struck me and I thought, right, imagine if you had the amount of, I suppose, privilege and money of someone like Robbie and his wife, Ida. Um, Would you let your kids fly first class with you or would you stick them in economy? So what does Robbie do? Right. So this is what they do. And this is his wife, Ida, said, my kids fly economy whenever we fly. I turn left and they turn right. I mean, that's terrible. I know people will think I'm such a beep, right? But she said, I have no interest in raising brats. The kids will know economy is where you sit in a plane until you can pay for yourself mm, yeah. to sit at a different part. Yeah. See, I thought that was good until I read the ages of her kids. One of them's three. Eleven, so, nine, yeah. five, and yeah. three. Little so, Bo's three. So, that is Ada and Robbie saying we don't want to deal with a toddler yeah. on a long haul flight. So whacking back in cattle. Well, you could uh, you could actually say that they are teaching their kids responsibility because Teddy at eleven would have her hands full to have to deal with Bo who's three. <laughs> well, well, mum and dad oh, are up the God. front sipping champagne. Um, it's a good point though, because if you do have that sort of, that much money, or you obviously bring it down to a more human situation where perhaps it might be, could you afford to help your kids out with a car or something, yeah. maybe, you know, a computer, I don't know what it is, a PlayStation. Should you indulge them or do you need them to teach them the value of money and okay. get them to work for something like that? All right. So if I had Robbie's money, yep. I would fly would fly my kids with me because I would like that journey to be part of the family holiday experience. Mm-hmm. But for example, I made Grace buy her own car, yeah. even though we could afford to 
help her out with a car. She yeah. had to buy her own car because I had to buy my own car. Yeah. And I feel like it's important to for people to learn the value of money. No, I think that's a very, very good point. Mm. Um, yeah, but uh, Gordon Ramsay's the same. Gordon said that uh, my kids don't sit with us in first class. They haven't worked anywhere near hard enough to <laughs> afford that. <laughs> hey, what about this? At that age and size, you're telling me they need to sit in first class? No, they don't. <laughs> They're not sitting alone. They have someone with them. They've got yeah, a nanny. They've got a nanny. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But you look at it and you go, I imagine as a parent, right, the one thing you want to do is give your kids the best opportunity in life. Is the best opportunity in life treating them or is it teaching them lessons? Because I would feel, God, I never get to the point where you can fly first class, mm. but I would actually feel that. If you did have that ability, it would be lovely to be sitting next to them to say, you know what? How cool is this? You've got to be fortunate. Mm. You know, you've yeah, got to be, be very grateful. grateful. This does not happen all the time. But my Lord, lie flat <laughs> and go and ask for another orange juice. Because if you are ever lucky enough yeah. to ever fly business or something, it is a treat. <laughs> Particularly overseas, it is a treat. Oh. That means you can never go back to economy. <laughs> It is horrific. Um, I was very, very, very fortunate once to be upgraded, Ooh, right? Okay. And I'm not joking. Every time since, I always go, if you ever get the chance to fly overseas and I'm going to economy, you look there and I go, I sound like a flog at the moment, I know. But <laughs> you, you sit there and just go, oh, God, I can't go back there. <laughs> I love this hypothetical. 131060, right. you've okay. just yep. won Powerball, yep. $100 million, mm-hmm. money, no option. Yep. Do you sit them with you or do you send them right down the back and just go up the front and enjoy the luxuries? I don't know. (laughs) Shut those curtains. (laughs) See you guys, suckers. I'm actually torn here. I don't know what to do. You have to decide. Okay. Do do I have to decide? They're turning right. (laughs) I'd love to know. Mine are up with me, but I'm saying be grateful every single I I think they're turning right because I think I need to teach them a lesson. 13, 10, 60. They turn and right or left your kids, or have you ever been in that situation where you've been able to do that? Right, before nine o'clock, you can see one of the world's richest and famous entertainers, Robbie Williams. We have got some tickets for Sunday night still to give away, but talking about Robbie, he and his wife, Ida, do not let their three, four kids, in fact, Teddy 11, Charlie 9, Coco 5, and Bo 3 fly first class with them. They turn left when they get on the plane. They send the four kids not sure if they have some help with them or poor Charlie uh, Charlie and Teddy, the two oldest, have to look after the little ones. No, they'd have a nanny. You reckon? They'd yeah. have a team of nannies. Yeah, probably. I mean, if you're super rich, you've got your own private jet, don't you? That's, That's the next level. Very good point. But we're asking the hypothetical. You've got Robbie Williams's cash. Do you let your kids fly first class with you to enjoy it or do you send them back Robbie and Ida style because you need to teach them the value of money? I'm sending them right you down are? the back and you're taking yours up the front. I am, only because I think it's an experience that you share together as a family. And I would mm. try and keep them grounded in other ways. Okay, no, that's good. T from Hackham. T, you're sending them right down the back or you're taking them left up the front? The starters would be magnificent to have <laughs> Robbie Williams' money. Oh, it would, would be, be T, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sending them right. Get them down the back. They didn't earn the money. They can stay down the back until they've earned the right to come up the front. <laughs> T, I get you, and I'm, I'm with you, but I, there'd be a little thing inside me just eating away while I was indulging, if I was in that situation, and I'm thinking, oh, I don't know. You can, help the them out in, yeah. you can help them out in other areas. Yeah. Like, I, I'd buy them a car as long as they got the rego and insurance. I'd, I'd yeah. buy them a house so long as they paid the rent. 
Yeah. Oh wow, T. Hey, so, okay, generous, yeah. but not the. Do you know what? I would I would resent them when I watch them eating their foie gras or something. I'd go, you don't even know what that is. I don't know it's what foie gras yeah. is. <laughs> If you, hang on, isn't it? If, so you're taking your I'm kids. I'm taking them, but then I look at them, them the and front, I resent them. <laughs> then you're going to resent them because they're eating caviar or foie gras or whatever <laughs> you're talking about. I would. I'd take them and I'd resent them. It's pretty much how I feel about them <laughs> <Yeah>. every day. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> you're taking them up there. You're going to let them have some fun. Start complaining go, to the stewards. Are you going to eat that brie? <laughs> if you're going to do it, let them drink Coke, no sugar. There you go. I mean, give them a little taste of life. Um, Ellie from Aberfoyle Park. Okay, Ellie, you're cashed up to the absolute eyeballs. Are you sending your kids right or are you taking them left up the front with you? They're coming with me. Like, you know, come on, Robbie. Don't, don't, don't be a tool. Like, <laughs> you, you've earned that money. Yeah. Like, you've worked hard. Why not let them experience it? There are other ways to make them feel grateful. You know, if you don't take your kids, they're your responsibility. You decided to have them, so be responsible for them. Let them experience life and the world. So, Sorry, Robbie, love you, but don't be a tool. <laughs> hey, Ellie, uh, are you a mum? I'm a mum. How yes. old are your kids? Oh, they're older. Yeah. But you know what? They're too little to be left on their own. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Your... Know? All right, Ellie, let's let's do this. So your, okay. let's say your kids are 16 and 18. Are they going yeah. left with you or are they going right down the back? No, no, they're coming with me. Yeah. I might, you know, sit them a few rows away, but they're coming with me. <laughs> Jess from Morford Vale. Morning, Jess. Okay, you've got all the cash. Are your kids sitting in first class with you or are you teaching them lessons up the back and they've got to go on their own? Oh, oh, hell no. They're not flying with me. They're flying all the way at the back. <laughs> I love them. I love my kids' pieces. I really do. But I respect Robbie a hell of a lot more of a person now mm. yep. because, as a, and especially as a parent, it's great to spend time with the kids, but if you're relaxing in first class and, you know, sapping up all yep. the, the joy, you don't want to share it with the kids. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good point. Flying can be enormously challenging, as you know, with kids because their little ears are popping and, and they're kicking the seat. And, oh. yeah. nope, someone else can do it out the back. Uh, Diana in Craigburn Farm, what's it for you? First or cattle for the kids? First, completely, I'm taking them all the way to the front. <laughs> oh, Diana, can you just imagine sitting up the front there and you've got whatever you want, you can get it when you need it, you can lie flat, you can watch any movie on demand. Oh, it would be just bliss. You can, but I've already done business class once on a 14-hour flight. Yeah. And I'm like, I would be taking those, shouldn't it? It makes it so much easier. And Look, you get the pajamas, you get all the fun stuff. <laughs> They would be loving it. Um, Diana, where did you fly to and from in business? So Sydney to Santiago. Ooh, oh, right. Nice. And what was the best part? Best part was probably the good-looking Stuart that was uh, <laughs> looking after us and woke me up in the morning. Good morning. Natini <laughs> 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 Carolta Park. Uh, where would you fly your kids if you had all the money in the world? Uh, magnificent morning to you all. Um, you too. Thank you. Uh, no, uh, that would definitely be an economy. You would, Nadine? Yeah. Look, I love my kids so much, but yep. as a single mum, I don't often get me time. Yes. And especially if you go on a holiday, you know how stressful it is. You don't get to fully relax anyway. So that would be like the only bit of proper relaxation, relaxation time that you'd get. So yeah. definitely, actually, yeah. That's a good point, Nadine, because in that case, you can justify that you're actually doing it for the children. You're putting them at the back because you're looking after your mental health. So when you get 
to the holiday and it's mayhem, you're in a much better place to look after them. Hey, so that's what you have to tell yourself, absolutely. Mm, that's it. That's yeah. how you get through life. And well let's done. hope you get a good-looking hostie. <laughs> you're listening to SAFM's Beck and Soda. Magnificent start to the day. Isn't that a magnificent specimen? Well, haven't you had the last laugh, mm. Mark Soderstrom, when I staged an intervention because you use the word magnificent too often, and now our show's pretty much sponsored by the word magnificent. I love it. I love it. And all the friends are out there. They are embracing it, and we just got to keep pumping it out there. <laughs> we absolutely do. You were at it again last night on Channel 7. Novak Djokovic is already dreaming of improving on his magnificent year. He crushed Yannick Sinner in straight sets. I've got to say that uh, Tommy Wilson, who had written the scripts for that, who uh, looks after sport there at Channel 7, did not have the word magnificent in the script when he was talking about Novak Djokovic. So I just thought, oh, a little bit of doctoring before I go in the studio. You're just using Channel 7 News as your plaything. No, not at all. Sprinkling the word in wherever you see fit. Not at all, because if you were thinking about Novak Djokovic's season, he did win three of the four majors. So I thought there was only one way to to describe his season. It was a magnificent year. So that's why (laughs) I had to take things into my own hands. Um, And I'll tell you what, it is getting around everywhere. Over on uh, Triple M, I was just uh, listening on the Why? weekend. Just doing, a little, just doing a little bit of research, and this popped up. If I had to pick a highlight of the pandemic, and there weren't many, it was Powderfingers, a brief reformation, a free live stream, and God, it was magnificent. Oh, how good is that? Uh, did you know that the M in Triple M is actually for Sounds for Magnificent? No, all three of the M's. Yeah. Sorry. It's oh, yeah, there's three. Magnificent, <laughs> magnificent, magnificent. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is out there. Now, if you uh, get on any time on air, 131060, give us a call. Uh, if you drop the beautiful word that is magnificent, you will go in the running for that magnificent family holiday to Queensland, and you can go into Wet n' Wild, Sea World, Movie World, uh, airfares, accommodation, the whole lot. All you need to do is drop the magic word, magnificent. Hey, Beck, and speaking of of dropping things, yes. we are going to drop some more merch. I can tell you mm-hmm. that it is this Thursday morning at 8.30, city location. Okay. So if you're anywhere near the city, 8.30 on Thursday morning, okay. you'll be able to find our Black Funders. We'll tell you where they are. Keep listening. And you can pick up the ORTC Magnificent Hats and the Magnificent Designer T-shirts. Uh, like Paul, what about Paul last week? And good on you, Paul. Uh, he stopped in at the BCF Port Road at Alberton last week, and he said, I'm late for work, but I had to do it for my hat, and he sent us a pic driving yeah. back to work with his ORTC hat on, and he looked that cool. He'd even left the big label hanging off yeah. the top. the cap looked cool. It's an expensive cap. Absolutely. It's worth, it's worth dro- diverting to the city. Absolutely. So, 8.30. It's going to be Thursday morning, sure. city location. I would think sort of West Terracy area if I was okay. you, if you're anywhere in that region. SAFM's Beck and Soda. Hey, did you just hear Em in the news say that mm. uh, 5% of Australians have first aid training? Oh, that is a low number. I would have, if I had to hazard a guess, I would have said I reckon about 20, 
100%. Wouldn't you think would would have had uh, some sort of first aid training? I don't know. I think the issue is keeping it up to date because I did it when I was pregnant. I did like yeah. baby first aid and I couldn't remember one thing I learned. Did it give you a bit of confidence though? The uh, a little bit at the time. I remember you had to, uh, well, when I say remember nothing, mm. you had to put like little fingers for babies. Yeah, little two fingers little two on fingers. the sternum. Oh my gosh. But we, we have a hero in our midst. We have an actual lifesaver. Um, don't, don't be shy. We have a firefighter who saved lives on the daily, who protected us. You got up to save lives. Yeah, you well, existed to save yeah. lives, no, mate. Well, it's interesting, though, because I can remember, obviously, everyone, when you're doing that, and a lot of people involved in sport or uh, that sort of thing have done their first aid training, which includes CPR. But I'm pretty sure the last time I did it, I reckon that you don't have to do the breaths anymore. Okay. Because you remember it was like 15 and 2. You would have learnt while you are at school, 15 compressions to two breaths. Um, I'm pretty sure they said, because of all the fear of, you know, if, if it's a stranger and you don't want to catch Get AIDS or anything like that. Remember, or blood-borne diseases, all those things. But you just said you can't catch HIV. No, you can't. You, I mean, you, you could catch something through some saliva and blood, mm. but most of the time you're not going to. But I think that was a deterrent for a lot of people who weren't, you know, keen to do CPR because they're worried about the breaths. But I remember definitely they said, even if you don't do the breaths, do the compressions. Just do something. Do something because something's better than nothing. And you don't even actually have to be trained, I reckon. Just um, to compress a heart. Because the, the thing is, well, if someone's going to die, they're going to die. So something is better than nothing. Mm. Um, but I, I can remember look, a couple of instances at work when we were at the fireys, a lot of CPR was done. And, and remember also, have you ever heard that people's ribs break yeah. when they're doing CPR? And if you break a rib, just keep going. Yeah. You keep going until the ambos get there. Um, but it's pretty frightening and you, confronting. So, in all seriousness, yeah. Yeah. hero, no, have, I, you, have you, you would have no, saved legit, lives. Legit well, saved a life. I don't know whether you saved a life, but we've done some compressions to keep people going. Yeah. Um, well, but I, I can remember one incident, actually, one thing that really sticks in my mind, and it was we were there supporting with a crew, and there was a car accident, I think it was over near Green Hill Road a few years, oh, many, many years ago, and the car was pretty bad. Um, and a doctor had to come because the, the car was that bad that the guy driving was crushed and his legs were stuck under there, but he was really, really struggling. And then they had to make the call because we couldn't get him out of the car quick enough. So the doctor actually got a, had a saw, a medical <gasps> saw, no. and lobbed the leg off around the knee area wow. and put him to get him because he wasn't going to make it. And there was no way they could get him out of the car quick enough. It was sort of that life and death moment. And you, you, know, saw and a few you witness things like that. that. You witness it because it's so confronting. But it's one of those weird things, Beck, where I reckon if I had to walk past the street and see someone doing that, you'd be shaking going, oh, my God. Yeah. But when you're sort of at work, it's like this weird auto mode, I reckon, where mm. you go, right. And then afterwards, you might go back to the station and okay. go, right. Geez, that was quite confronting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there were a few little moments mm. like that. But actually, we, let's do this. thirteen ten sixty. Have you ever saved a life? I'd love to know if someone actually done CPR or in some other way saved a life. Put a child from a pool or that kind of... Just yeah. to give people, because if 95% of us out there haven't been trained in some way, um, let us know, 13, 10, 60, have you actually saved a life? Give people a bit of confidence because yeah. you never know. You could be walking past somewhere and go, you know what? It could be time for me to step up. Mm. Mark Soderstrom, you're my hero. Wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Dave from Ovingham. Dave, what happened, buddy? Yeah, guys, I was a first responder for 15 years with the SES. Oh, yeah. And, uh, we responded to a uh, call for help. A uh, 12-year-old yeah. boy had called for help for mum. And uh, by the time we got there, her heart had actually stopped. So we ended up having to do 
CPR for 42 minutes until the ambulance arrived. Wow. Dave, so for 42 minutes, and physically it is massively demanding, isn't it, to do it, do you sort of rotate with your crew or was just going one, one of you the whole time? It was it was just me because I, I was only sort of with uh, one other partner and, yeah. and she was looking after the, the 12-year-old boy who was just obviously wow. inconsolable. Um, yeah. But you're right, it certainly does take it out of you. I, I, I couldn't breathe by the end of it. Um, but, you know, you, you knew you just had to keep going until yeah. Yeah. until someone else got there. Otherwise, it could have been different. Well done, Dave. What a hero, genuinely. Um, Rebecca in Balaclava, um, you've got a story about um, saving life. Yes, yes, I do. My four-year-old saved her dad. What? <gasps> what happened? Um, he was in the car with our two youngest kids and he forgot to strap her in her car seat. Yeah. And um, she noticed he kept falling asleep and so she was tapping him on the face saying, you can't sleep, Dad, you need to stay awake. Turned out he was having a heart attack. <gasps> wow. And so what's your daughter's name, Beg? Her name was Annalise. Annalise. So was Annalise able to keep him, I suppose, conscious and awake enough to get to help? Um, yeah, so I was inside the complex at the time and my yeah. phone was on silent. He tried to call a few times, but obviously I didn't get the calls. But she managed to keep him awake until I got to the car and we could get him to the hospital. Jeez, wow. how good's that? Little yeah, it was yeah, amazing. It's amazing. And he's all good now? Um, yeah, he is. He's yep. pretty good now. He's Brilliant. alive, so... Hey, uh, Beck, and also to Dave, thanks so much for your calls. What we're going to do, we're going to send you a $100 voucher, both of you, for the Mosaic Hotel at Westlakes and Westlakes and on the Automasters text line. Beck, Kylie saved a five-year-old girl from drowning at a pool party. She was watching the kids playing in the pool, noticed a girl going under, raced over and pulled her oh, out. Well done, Kylie. Wow. Oh, well, well done. Hey, well, Kyle's, we're going to send you a $100 voucher to the Mosaic yeah. Hotel in Westlakes as well. There you go. That's Three cool. people... That genuinely with stories of saving a life. And the rest of us should do some first day training. Maybe you can give me some tips. Let's lift that percentage. Yeah, actually, you know what? That is a really good thing. If you do get the chance, I know a few people have to do it through work. If you are Mm. the OHS and W person. The person who gets um, to wear the hard hat. Yeah, have Mm. a crack. Or you're the uh, fire warden. Oh, my God. Are you our fire warden? Absolutely not. (laughs) You should be. You should be. I'd love to see you in that little red hard hat. You both make a very good point. (laughs) This is SAFM's Beck and Soda. Grant Stevens has just uh, issued a statement with his wife, Emma, about um, the loss of his son, Charlie. Um, it's written um, on a torn out um, piece of notepaper. It's, it's handwritten, um, I'm assuming, by, by the commissioner or his wife. Um, and it refers to their son, initially not um, by his name, but by the number 101, because he is the 101st person um, to die. On South Australian roads, uh, Soda, it's um, it it really does um drive home the road toll when you when you see uh, it written like this, doesn't it? Yeah, it's pretty powerful. And look, just looking at it here, and we've only just been handed this moments ago. It says, "I'm writing this sitting in a bedroom with dirty clothes on the floor, an unmade bed, six drinking glasses lined up on the bedside table, an empty KFC box next to the glasses." Wardrobe doors left open and a row of skateboards leaning on the wall. It's a mess and it's perfect. This is where 101 lived. Um, geez, powerful, isn't it? It's, it's, it's quite pages. a long statement, but yeah. it just shows that as everyone does think about statistics, mm. there is certainly a story behind each of the statistics. And when you have the police commissioner himself, who is an advocate for being safe on the roads and this ridiculous road toll that we've got at the moment, mm. I think for him to personally 
reveal it in this way is um, very, very powerful yeah. indeed. It's not just a, a typewritten statement that's come from the police. It is a handwritten statement from a family um, that we all know very well because Grant Stevens is the face of policing in our state uh, and is charged with keeping us all safe. And, um, and his son is, is 101. And, and the last two paragraphs... 101 is Charles Hinchcliffe Stevens, Charlie, Charlie Boy, Chaz, Link, Steve. You lived life and you gave so much to so many. You're a force of nature and we'll never forget your beautiful, cheeky, disarming smile. Son, brother, grandson, uncle, nephew, cousin, friend, workmate, teammate. So much more than just a number on a tragic tally. But, but to many of us, the road toll is just a number. And this is, this is the story of 101. Look, I think the, the one thing is this is so symbolic for all families, isn't it? For everyone in South Australia, because you think about this road toll and we've talked about it a lot throughout the year. Um, it is just horrific that anyone has passed, but in the family where it is just so raw, I think, and so real of what Grant and his family deal with every day in his job. Um, yeah, it look amazing. And I think it just shows that there is a story behind every one of the 101 not just 101, Charlie himself. Yep, thank you for sharing um, Charlie's story with us to the Stevens family. You're listening to SAFM's Beck and Soda. Got a secret, can you keep it? Beck and Soda, secrets of the suburbs. Untold secrets, unbelievably true, only on SAFM. Secret. We have got $5,000 for Adelaide's best secret, and we are now counting down into our top 10, guaranteed to give that five grand away next week. So, Beck, we're up to secret number nine in the top 10. This one really made my blood boil. Anonymous, what's your secret? I met my, my now wife in 2002. She decided to become a vegan and said, that she couldn't date a non-vegan. So what ended up happening? I was really interested in it. So it was at that stage that I had a decision to make, like whether I was going to become a vegan or not date her. Right. So you loved your meat, your chicken, your fish, everything? Yeah. Pretty tough decision to make. So what did you do? I decided to not become a vegan but not tell her. So how did you get away with that? I did eat some vegetarian stuff and then when she's not around, just like cook up a burger or go to the pub for a parmy or stuff like that. Where are you hiding your bacon, mate? Well, um, I was a stay-at-home dad for a while, but now I work for a local supermarket. So um, I store whatever meat I have at work and there's endless amounts of storage there, I can just bring food home, cook it up and then take the rubbish to work or whatever so she doesn't see anything. What about the smell in the house though? Because the the smell of meat must be around. I tend to tidy the house a lot and I use a lot of um, disinfectant and I use a lot of Glen 20. (laughs) (laughs) So you are essentially just smashing meat left, right and centre behind her back? Yeah, most of the time, yes. Um, nice bacon and egg rolls, really good. Or a, a homemade burger. They're usually my go-tos at home. But sometimes I'll go out with my son, who's now privy to this, because he's going to the gym and he, he wants more protein. So we do like a mum and dad thing. So when I go out with him, like we'll try different pubs and 
Well, cry the ponies. Right. So your son's now living the same lie you are? Yes. Oh, wow. What do you think would happen if you just came clean and told her that you wanted to eat meat? I mean, she has got a good sense of humour, but I don't know if it would go too well, given that, like, it's been this way for two decades. Oh, you've been doing this for more than 20 years? Yes. Oh, my. Right. This is just absolutely fascinating. I've got to ask, Anonymous, is your wife one of those, like, hardcore vegans that just shove it down your throat and say, you can't eat this, you can't do that, or is she a bit sort of more, more relaxed with it? She's really quite relaxed with it. For her, it's more of a personal choice because she's very sympathetic to animals and, like, she's a big animal person. So, yeah, it's more of that for her. She's not a judgmental person in that way. What about when you go to a barbecue with your mates and families and all that and there's snags on the barbie or beautiful-looking steaks and burgers? Do you have to just eat the salad? Uh, yeah, and roast veggies. I usually roast up some veggies in olive oil and salt and stuff like that. So while you're eating your veggies and everything, your mates are smashing these burgers and that in front of the families and you've just got to sit there and suck it up? Yeah, dude, because like, they say, oh, come on, come on, like, oh, look. <laughs> Anonymous, you just said your name. We beeped it out for you, though. Uh, now, you don't think you're ever going to come clean to your wife over this? <sighs> um, there was a point that I wanted to, but now that we've got kids, it's just a bit too, like, maybe once the kids have moved out or something, I might be brave enough, but not until then. <laughs> Oh, right. I love this story. Good on you because, you know, you've got to look after yourself and if you like eating it, you like eating it. Thanks so much for sharing, but I wish you all the best in being able to keep your secret. Oh, thank you. Like, it's been hard, but, like, she's worth it. Okay. As, as a vegetarian, I judge you. That, that's justified, I think. <laughs> Mate, you just keep smashing burgers, snags and steaks and enjoy your life, okay? Okay. Thanks a lot, Beck. Got a secret. Beck. And soda secrets of the suburbs. Share your secret at safm.com.au. I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. Oh, hey, the things you do for love. Yeah, I mean, if you're comfortable with that and the and the slaughter of animals, then good on oh you, mate. If you can get up in God. the morning and lie to yourself and lie to how do you know if someone's and... a vegetarian? Because they'll tell you. They'll about scream it. at you with a megaphone. <laughs> um, I had a delicious steak on Saturday night, and you know what? My kids did too, and we enjoyed every minute of it and make no apologies. I'm sorry. It's got nothing to do with slaughtering animals. It just bloody tasted good. I'm sorry. (laughs) If you don't want to eat steak, do not. And if you have to hide them like anonymous, do it. It It was just in this context. You know I don't. This is the first time we've ever discussed it. Keep our secrets coming, of course. $5,000 on the line. Uh, We're counting down to number one. But if you've got a cracker, still got time. $5,000. SFM.com.au. If you've got a nice, tightly held secret. Oh, I can't wait for a steak for lunch. <laughs> SAFM's Beck and Soda. There is no stopping Robbie Williams this Sunday because we are going into overtime right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's after nine. I don't care. I love Robbie. So we Nicole. need to do this. Mm-hmm. All right. One okay. second of Robbie. Yep. Okay. Here we go. 131060, if you can guess the second, the song from this second, this little snippet, yep. you are off to see him at the Vale Adelaide 500 on Sunday. Good morning, Kelly from Parafield Gardens. How much do you love, Robbie? Uh, a lot. Okay. <laughs> All right, Kelly, you know the songs well? 
Uh, I think so, but one second is going to be a push, I All think. Right. Have a listen, Kel. What's the song? Quick. Come on, Kel. Nope. Oh. oh, thanks for the call, Kel. Uh, Belle from Morford Vale. Okay, Belle, you ready for a second of Robbie? I am. I think even a second of Robbie might be bliss. Here sure. we go. <laughs> what do you reckon? Bill? No, it's not Phil, Belle. Thanks so much for playing. I love your laugh too. She was cackled over the top of uh, Robbie Sharon in Salisbury. Have a listen to your one second. What is it, Chaz? I've got no idea, but I'm just going to say entertain you. No, good guess. Uh, Nicola in Aldana, take another listen. Is it Angel? No, it's not Angels, Nicola. What a beautiful oh, song, too. We're narrowing them down as well, so if you're crossing yep. them out. Uh, Rachel in Evanston Gardens, here's your second. Okay, Rach, what is it? Oh, I have no idea. Um, I'm going to go no regret. No. Mm. At least you have none because you had a crack. Okay, Nadi from Cumberland Park. Okay, Nadi, here's your second. What's the song? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Thanks for playing. No, another good wow. guess. Wow. Oh. Ashley in Morford Vale. Have a listen. What is it, mate? Candy? No. Oh, wow. 131060. Off to Robbie Williams Sunday night. Oh. Just about the whole back catalogue. <laughs> Megan in Redwood Park. Have another listen. What is it? Oh, I've got no idea, oh. but Quick. I'll go with. Oh, oh Megan. Okay, thirteen ten sixty. Give us a buzz. Come we on. are rifling through. Kylie from Carly from Craigmore, rather. Carly, have a listen. What's the Robbie Williams song? Is it "Feel" by Robbie Williams? No, oh, it's somebody not. Somebody already said that one as well. Kylie in wow. Mawson Lakes. Here's the second. Is it "No Regret"? No, Kylie. Oh, come on. Let's oh, do it this one. is unbelievable. Yeah. Tamara from the southeast. Tamara, here it is. Come on, you want to see Robbie on is Sunday? Was it driving you crazy hearing everyone get it wrong? Yeah, I had it in my head, but I couldn't think of the lyrics. Yeah. Like what it was called. Yeah, um, you got to sing it through. Tamara, you seen Robbie before live? No, I haven't. Right, you are going to go. Now, you're in southeast. Whereabouts? What town? No, I'm in Woodchester, near Strathalbyn. Oh, right. Okay, you've got your southeast down here. Um, Strath, oh, you'll be right. Well, can you find someone to come with you on Sunday to go and see Robbie? Yeah, I'm going to take Mum. She's a fan. Oh, how cool. What's Mum's name? Uh, Diana. All right, you two behave yourself. Tamara and Diana Dirty with Robbie Diana. there, okay? Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you. So there you good. go. The Velo Adelaide 500 uh, this weekend. It's going to be a great weekend. Get your tickets now on Ticketek. And Robbie Williams. We'll have another second. Here he is. To be a better man. Another second of Robbie coming up tomorrow for your chance to go and see him live on Sunday. There you go. SAFM's Beck and Soda. Six to nine weekdays. SAFM.